Well, I'm going to welcome Dam Tau. It's not Dam Two. It's not Dam Toe. It's not Dam Tui. It's Dam Tau. <laughs> I've heard his name pronounced many times in the many ten years that we've supported him as one of our missionaries. Dam Tau was, if you haven't heard his testimony before, he's spoken here before uh, a few years ago, and he's joined us in the mission team uh, on other occasions as well. But he works. He's from Florida right now, but he was raised in Africa. In, he was a gang member. He was a rough <laughs> punk growing up. But now the Lord got a hold of him, and you'll hear a little bit about his testimony today. He's not going to reshare his testimony, but he'll share how the Lord has continued to be faithful in his life. Uh, but he's a brother in Christ, and he's, he's meant the world to me as a, a pastor. He's a constant source of encouragement. And he meet, when he prays, you know that the Lord is hearing him pray because he is so in tune with, with the spirit of the living God. So once again, Lord, we pray for Brother Namtao that you'll speak your mighty word through him so that our hearts will be changed because of your spirit. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. All right. <clears throat> well, good morning, and thank you for having me. It's uh, my joy to be here uh, to share the word of God with you. Uh, this time I'm not by myself. I have my dear wife and my little boy, our last surprise after 10 years, the surprise came and we enjoy every bit of it. Uh, so Sarah and my little boy, you want to say hi, sweetie? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Lord is good. Uh, <clears throat> we live in a world of change. Uh, I think change is everywhere. Uh, change, we, change is everywhere. I mean, it has been here. It's, uh, it, it was there. It was, I mean, the, the good, the bad, and the ugly, it's all, we are surrounded by change. Uh, but change this season is what makes it a little different at the pace. The pace is so fast, it's accelerated. The change has been accelerating, especially with COVID and everything else, and we see it. But for me, yes, there is the good, the bad, and the ugly change. But there's two things that did not change, that remain constant. The first one is God is our constant. He never changed. He continued to change people, change life, but he never changed. That's one. The second thing that doesn't change is your mails and postcards of encouragement to us, to our family, never change. In fact, they continue to arrive at least two days or three days before my birthday, my kid's birthday, our anniversary, and I don't know how you do it, but it's working. And it's a, such a great source of encouragement. I think the post office also is working with you because sometimes... You expect it to be delayed, but it always come before anybody's postcard, and it meant the world for us. So Missions Commission, I want you to know, every bit of word that you sent, it meant a lot because you wouldn't just send a postcard for someone without putting thought, thinking, and prayer. So thank you. Um, Today, I'm going to share with you in that, with that same context of change, the Lord changing, the Lord 
bringing from our messes to a powerful message to the world that's lost. Does anybody agree with me that somehow when you are lost, God's goodness breaks through and get hold on you and bring transformation and send you out to become an agent of transformation? Uh, that's my story. I, I can't, even if you don't agree, I can't deny that fact that, that a former gang member who caused a lot of pain get transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ and end up preaching the word of God. It, for me, this is one of the greatest miracles ever happened. I'm, I'm sure it's true with you too. The word of God I'm sharing this morning also depicts or demonstrates how God changed the Ephesian church. And then the Paul is telling them, listen, you were a mess. Now you are in the church. You think you are better than the others. And you think that uh, you were, you know, like, like you are better. And, but I want you to know that your life was a mess. Had it not been for God's supernatural intervention, you were a mess. In fact, you deserved God's wrath. That's what it says. You were, you were serving your selfish desire. You were serving the king of the air. You were just like the ones who are lost in the world that you look at and point. Look at those people. They just don't know what they're doing. They're lost. They're a mess. Well, you're one of them. That's what Paul is telling them in Ephesians chapter 2. But he didn't stop there. But you are created, in verse 10, he said, you are created to take this life-transforming gospel of Jesus to these people that you think are hopeless, but hope resides in the word of God. And I want you to know, brothers and sisters, if I tell you the transforming power of God and what God is doing in Africa, you will not believe it. But it's happening. Another story, and as I say, today's topic, I think I went ahead of myself, uh, so I didn't even tell you the topic. The topic is unstoppable God, okay? Unstoppable. And uh, the scripture is from Ephesians chapter 2 from verse 1 to verse 10. For your reference. But I also want to go back and go to Jonah chapter 1. Uh, I will go back and forth. Jonah's story is almost similar to what I just shared. Jonah is a Hebrew. He lived in a place called Gata Hafer or near Nazareth. He was a Hebrew. But Jonah was a God's prophet. And one day God says, I have a mission for you. God's mission. This mission is for you to go to Nineveh and tell them, preach against them and tell them their wickedness has come to me and I am going to destroy them if they don't repent. So I want you to go and tell them this good news Tell them to repent. Go preach against them. Against that city. Nineveh was the capital city of the Assyrian kingdom. Almost like Washington, D.C., okay? I'm not saying anything. Don't, I'm not politicizing. 
<laughs> and so, but Nineveh was so evil, so wicked, and that's not only that, the Assyrian kingdom itself was the enemy, the arch enemy of the, the, uh, the state of Israel, all the Israelites. For, for, for Jonah, to, for God to send him to the very people he didn't like, he hated, in fact, the people that were that could possibly be destroyed if they don't repent, for him, that was not a good thing. He's like, I want them to be destroyed. I hate them. I hate them because they cause a lot of pain for me. Why would you send me to the to, to these people? I am not going to go. Uh, can you put the, that map? Uh, <coughs> and he decided to go on the opposite direction. And instead of going to Nineveh, which was only 500 miles away from where he lived, he decided to go to 2,500 miles to a place called Tarshish in southern Spain, current-day Spain. And he wanted to go away as far away from the mission field the Lord wanted him to go as possible. Does that make, am I speaking something to anyone here? But God, the unstoppable God, intercepted him before he traveled, before he get to Tarshish, and he brought him back and get, prepared a, 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 a well, a, a big fish. The fish swallowed him and spit him back to the mission field. Is it how hard it is to forgive and bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to a people you wish they are destroyed, they are wiped out, that you don't even want to see them, let alone preaching the gospel, you don't want to, you don't want to see them or hear anything about them. But our God is a God of miracles, a God who is compassionate and merciful. He wants everyone who is his image bearer. Human being, every one of us are image bearer. We are made in the image of God. God, God's mercy extended beyond the territory of Israel. So for God to give second chance for the Ninevite was important. Jonah had to swallow that. And he said, okay, God, I'm going to do it. To cross Nineveh from one end of Nineveh to the other, the, the Bible history, it says it, it says it took three days, and he preached the gospel to them. But he did not convince, he wasn't convinced, he was still hoping that they will refuse to repent and thus be destroyed. So he decided after preaching, I checked the list, and he went to the eastern part of the city and started waiting there, hoping that they will not repent. They repented. They actually put sackcloth on them, ash and sackcloths, from the king to the animal, and repented. And God relented. For this, Jonah was mad. He was angry. 
He said, I knew you, God. I knew you, would, you are merciful and gracious and abounding in love and mercy. I knew you were going to relent. That's why I decided to go on the other side. That's why I said I ran away from you because you were going to show mercy and kindness. And yes, you just did. I would rather be dead than see them repented. Can you believe, can you imagine a preacher preaching and when people repent and respond to his preaching, seeing him getting mad. It's almost like that. Well, it's easy to talk than to live it. And I got to tell you, I have my own story to tell. When you are betrayed, when you are hurt by the very people, and, you know, for him... It's the enemy. But I tell you, to forgive and say, yes, God, I will do it if you ask me. It is not an easy thing. And I'm being very vulnerable and honest with you. And I'm, what I'm about to share, it is the first time I'm opening my mouth and sharing from a pulpit. So bear with me. I went through unprecedented pain and suffering in the last few years, which Pastor John has represented you very well in walking with me through those dark moments of my life. My wife of 15 years that I thought I would finish the rest of my life on earth in full-time ministry and my mentor for 23 years, a man that I look up to as a spiritual giant who mentored me for 23 years, who was actually 38 years older than my wife. I found out they were having an affair. The pain I, I felt was there is no word to describe it. My immediate reaction was kill them and die, for there is no purpose for you to live. Even the very God you serve as a full-time missionary did not protect your family, so why serve him? Why serve him? You are serving God, and then your house is getting destroyed by the very person you trusted. Why serve God? I was so mad. I was set to kill them and kill myself. Planned it well. Of course, I have a history of... <laughs> it comes just natural. It comes back just like this. You don't have to go back and read that. The past just comes just like that. Just when I was about to do it, the day I was supposed to do it, the Lord, I didn't want to pray because I just, I didn't even want to call God's name, just being very transparent. But the day I was going to do it, the Lord brought my three young kids. He knew my soft side. He brought my nine-year-old, my seven-year-old, and my four-year-old at that time. Three girls I had with that woman. 
And he said, why would, if you kill them and kill yourself, you know that you're making these three kids pay the ultimate price. You're going to make them orphans. Is that what you want to do? I stopped. I was mad. I stopped crying. I stopped going with my plan. As if that wasn't enough, a couple months later, the Lord, in a way that I understand it beyond any reasonable doubt, spoke to my heart saying, forgive them and bless them in my name. I'm like, God, I can forgive them because I have been forgiven so many times, but blessing them in your name, for what? For what? I'm not going to do that. No way. I don't have any energy to do that. But that voice wouldn't let me go. And finally I said, as an act of obedience, Lord, I am going to just open my mouth. I don't know what I'm going to say. It's up to you, but I will just open my mouth. The moment I opened my mouth, I don't know where the words come from. I kept stop blessing them with the blessings of heaven and earth, with the God of Abraham and Isaac. I just kept saying, and when I was done... When I was done doing it, peace and joy that I have, I have never experienced that level, that intensity, flooded me from the crown of my head to the tip of my toes, from inside out. It was so intense. I'm going to say a word that's going to make you laugh. It was so intense, the peace and the joy, that I practically, literally, I felt the ticklish in my belly button. You see, brothers and sisters, I thought when I forgive and when I bless them, I thought I was doing it for them. I thought I was doing them. I, was, I thought I was doing it for them. But what I did not realize was forgiving and blessing the very people that hurt you is actually God is wanting to set me free from the poison from the resentment and hatred that was poisoning me from inside out. And it was for me. It was a way of God setting me free by extending forgiveness and blessing people. And I have been set free from that time onward. Set free, free indeed, absolutely free. The bubbling joy stayed, didn't go. I never experienced that kind of joy and it's still there. I said, I'll never trust another woman in my life again. Well, n never say never. <laughs> that, she's a living witness right here. <laughs> so the Lord brought an incredible woman in my life who had almost similar experience, who gets me. But I want you to, the reason I'm sharing this, being very vulnerable with you is that, listen, you don't know why. We don't know why things happen in our life. We don't know. But we are responsible for the response we, we give. When things happen and God challenges us, we don't know the reason for the most part, but we are responsible for the response. Today, I see a glimpse of it. When I share my story, people cry. And they tell me, listen, I was struggling. Now I got the answer. 
God never wastes pain in our life. Paul says to the Ephesians in verse 10, the reason you are redeemed is so that you can be God's workmanship. The Lord has called you because you are created for good work. God has created you and shaped you and transformed you so that you can take the gospel of transformation to the nation. And I have one incredible testimony that I want to share with you about a terrorist group that was ready to blow up a great, I mean, a big, a big pain that was getting ready. And this woman actually was trained and she was supposed to go and blow herself up with a suicide, with a suicide bomb mission. She hated Christians. The, the terrorist group trained her how to do suicide bombing, and she volunteered to do and go and blow herself up. Before, the day before she did it, the Lord revealed himself in a dream and said, I am the truth and the way and the life, and follow me. And then the next day, she went to the, uh, another Christian that she knew. She wasn't Christian, she was a Muslim, but she went to another Christian and said, I, I saw this dream last night, what is it? So the lady led her to Christ. The following day, that same dream showed up in her dream. The same person in a white robe sent her, tell her, go and share this news to the commander, the regional commander of Boko Haram in this particular area. You need to understand that no one survived, especially a woman, seeing the commander of the Boko Haram leader. It's like going to a death sentence. Her family said, she told to her family she's going to do this, and they were like, don't you know what's going to happen if you go? You're going to get killed. And she told them, listen, I was going to get killed anyway. I was going to blow myself up. Isn't it better that I, I die for Jesus instead of dying for nothing? I'm going. She went. Look, she never had theological training. She just had a dream. And that's all the message has. You know, how many times we, we actually give ourselves excuses for not sharing the gospel because we don't know enough. But the Lord is calling us, just share your testimony. What happened in your personal life? No excuse. She went. When she got to that center, there were three uh, uh, checkpoints. The first checkpoint say, who are you, where are you going? No, I want to go to the regional commander and I have a message for him. You want to go to the regional commander? Yes. They looked at each other, they laughed and let her go. They know that she's going to her graveyard. All three checkpoints, she got to the commander. And the question he asked her was, who are you, why are you here? And her answer was, my name is this, this, and I have a message for you. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and he wants you to follow him. Your path will lead to destruction, but if you follow the path of Jesus, Jesus being the way, the truth, and the life, you will be saved. That's all what she said. What she didn't know was three days earlier, he had a dream himself. The dream, in the dream, the Lord told him there will be a woman Coming with a message, listen to her and accept the message. That was the dream he received three days earlier. And instead of killing her, he 
broken to tears and he accepted Jesus as personal savior because of the unstoppable God we worship. The next thing what happened was he, under his leadership, there were terrorist group leaders that came from as far as Qatar, Yemen, Saudi Arabia, Sudan, who were under him. His transformation led to the transformation of over 500 terrorist group leaders in that part of the world. Listen. I don't know what voice and noise you hear. They are loud noises of lie, full of lie. They're telling you, no, the battle, we lost the battle. Everything is evil. Look at it. I mean, there's no hope. That's not true. The Lord is doing unstoppable things around the world that you cannot even imagine. God is on the move from all the way from Japan to the Timbuktu, from, you, from here to all the way to the Indonesian islands. God is on the move, and people are coming to know the Lord. Paul is saying to the Ephesians that your role is just make yourself available and be an ambassador of the King of Kings that changed your life. Don't give excuses. Don't let hatred and the differences that you see, that people, that, that, don't let that stop you. Jonah, don't let that stop you. Go preach the gospel to the Nineveh. Don't go as far away as possible, but preach the gospel. You know, God has a sense of humor. He does. And the sense of humor is that he sent you to the very people you don't want to go to, to, to share the gospel. To the very people. My challenge for you today, when that day comes and you face the Lord, would you want to have hundreds of people lining up behind you saying, I am here because of her, because of him? Or would you want to just stand alone there as a saved good Christian, never sharing your faith, never doing anything in the kingdom? I would rather be pay the price and still have hundreds of people lining up behind me. The Gideons, I will be lining up to the Gideons and say, hey, I'm here because of the Gideons. Because the result, I'm standing here because of the Gideon New Testament. Somebody decided to translate the, 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 the Bible into my heart language. The Gideon New Testament came to me, brought light, and I'm standing here. Whoa, is there any Gideon in this room? Yeah. The Jesus film is the word of God and film. And I just want you to know how incredibly grateful we are as an organization. How incredibly grateful we are for the partnership we have with you for keeping us in the mission field by supporting me and my family. Every country is showing explosion of transformation because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I thank you for the opportunity. I'm going to ask Pastor Jeremy to come and close us in prayer.
Thank you, Pastor Demtel. Um, it's an incredible testimony, and uh, just so you know, when people were leaving, they had to go take their kids to camp, so they weren't leaving because of the message. Just want to make sure you know that. Um, and some of them came back. So, second service, I'm a little bit more proud of you than the first service. First service just kind of stood there, you know, uh, like this, but what an awesome God that we serve, right? I mean, we should be jumping up and down, praising God and saying, praise be to God, to, to his glory, um, because our God is that big. Um, and God takes us to the very people that we don't want to be around because he's doing a transformative work, not only in our lives, but in the lives that we interact with. And that's something that we can all be challenged on. So thank you, Pastor Demtel, for your vulnerability and sharing your testimony with us and giving us the good news of what's happening around the world. Let's pray. Jesus, we recognize, God, that there are people um, that we don't necessarily like. There are people that have harmed us, people that have sinned against us, people that have wronged us, and some people that even have malice against us and want us dead. And God, just like you called Jonah to reach a people that he didn't particularly think that deserved mercy, God, those are the very people that you're calling us to enter in, to speak the truth, to speak love and grace. So God, maybe there was somebody in our heart that we was convicted, that came to mind during the sermon. And I pray that that would not be lost on us, that if there is someone or, or people that we need to, to go to, to begin a relationship with, God, that we would not forget our place in your call to expand your kingdom here on this earth. So God, help us even though we struggle in our own lives, but let us be encouraged and rest in your power, your glory, because we know that we serve a God that is bigger than our circumstances, and we just pray for continual restoration and peace on this earth. I pray all these things in Christ's name. Amen.